Welcome to episode 14 of the Four Out One In podcast with your host, George Hamilton III. Carlos Pastas. How you doing, bro? I'm good. You know, the NBA hasn't been super exciting recently, but nonetheless, there's basketball to talk about. How you been? I've been good. Internships going well. As you said, there really hasn't been much to uh, talk about in terms of the NBA because most of the free agents have already signed with their teams. So it's just been pretty modest. I've been watching baseball. My Giants are, uh, they broke a losing streak of seven games last night. So uh, there's a little bit to be excited for. They said they're not selling their, uh, we're not selling our upcoming free agents so it looks like we're going to try and push for the playoffs so uh other than that everything's been good uh school starts in three weeks but still haven't found a place to live so got to get that squared away soon but other than that everything's good so you ready to get into this let's go all righty so it's been about almost a month since we've done this just because there really hasn't been much basketball and you've been traveling. So uh, there really wasn't much to talk about, but we can get into this recent, we can get into the recent free agency signings since we've last done the podcast, which was July 1st. Um, The Brooklyn Nets signed TJ Warren to a one-year deal. So uh, I personally think this is a interesting acquisition considering he hasn't played in I want to say two years since the bubble and just been through a lot of injuries and all of that but I don't think it's one of the worst deals it's one of those ones where you can take a chance on him and maybe he ends up being a great role player because I don't think he's going to start but he'll be a very score go-to score and somewhat of a decent defender off the bench considering that they lost Bruce Brown uh, I think it's a great pickup uh, but we'll see what happens. What's your thoughts on TJ Warren to the Nets? Um, I kind of like the signing up front. I think it's uh, he kind of works as insurance for them. If uh, he goes, stays, more likely he's going to stay than go. But in the event that he does stay, and this goes for Kyrie too, it kind of gives them a, a score, someone who has showed that he can be a one option. I know the bubble was just a bubble, but um, TJ Warren is uh, a vet that he he knows how to play the game. And I think he's a solid guy just to have, even if they do stay, he'll play his role uh, really well. Solid signing. Yeah. Um, I guess we can move on to the Chicago Bulls. They signed uh, Goran Dragic. This was like July 3rd. Most of the dates, they might be a little off, but for the most part, I was trying to fill the dates in while I was at work. Um, they signed Goran Dragic to a one-year deal. Um, I think that's it's not the worst signing. I know some people, some Bulls friends were like, why are we signing him? But I think they need the point guard depth considering that Lonzo has been unhealthy the last few years. Uh, I mean, Caruso was out for that period of time when he got injured. And then I believe they're trying to deal Colby White. So, but who knows? But I think Goran Dragic is just a championship pedigree uh, point guard that might be able to help them off the bench. Uh, He might not play like 20 minutes a game like how he did when he was in Miami. But similar to the John Wald uh, situation in Houston, he kind of was bought out after getting traded to Toronto for – for Kyle Lowry. 
So I think he's going to be a little bit eager to get back on the court, help out the Bulls. Uh, and as I said, he's not going to be playing 20 minutes a game similar to how he was on the Heat. But if one of those point guards they have, our guards, goes down with an injury, uh, he's going to be able to fill in the role of being a decent point guard. Uh, what's your yeah. thoughts on the deal? Yeah, um, I, I, I like the signing for the Bulls. I remember seeing some reports um, about like why Mark Cuban didn't sign him because the connection with him and Luca, uh, both being from Slovenia. But I think Dragic was saying that the Mavericks, said, like if they do sign him, he probably won't play a lot. And him being at the tail end of his career, he probably doesn't want that. Um, and the Bulls still gives him a fighting chance uh, to win one in the East. I think it adds to their guard depth. So he's not um, what he was, say, on the mini heat, but I think he still provides a lot of veteran leadership. Uh, well, Bulls team where, correct me if I'm wrong, the only championship experience they have on that roster is Alex Caruso. Um, so I think that uh, it's a good signing for the Bulls, um, and I'm sure Dragic is, is going to be uh, a voice off the bench for them too. So excited to see if if he plays or what kind of role he, he has in general for the Bulls. Yeah, and they've got a lot of thinking to do because I saw a Bleach Report article during, while I was at work. And uh, one of the points that I can't remember the writer who it was, they said that uh, they need to trade Vucevic for a, a defensive stopper. I mean, I just remember Kenny saying that they he would have taken Gobert. Gobert and yeah. honestly, I at first I was like, that's interesting. But now that I think about it, they do need a defensive stopper. And I would have at that time, I probably would have thought about it if I was the Bulls. But Gobert making 40 million a year kind of sounds really crazy when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. But we'll move on to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, they signed. Well, I think they already signed. It's kind of this is from an old um, document that I kind of put into a new one, but they signed Jamichael Green after he was bought out from OKC uh, to I think a one-year deal, and they signed uh, Mike McClung to a one-year deal after he was signed in the summer league. I think both of those. I think the Jamichael Green one is interesting because he's gonna basically do what. Uh, Otto Porter did for the Warriors last year. It's just a basic great replacement player. Uh, he can spread the floor, play great defense. And I mean, he can play either the, I mean, he's more so a four, but if you need to and want to go small, you can possibly put him at the five. But uh, but him alongside Draymond Green or whoever the center is, uh, it's going to be interesting when they win those small ball lineups. And Mac McClung, I feel that, he had a great showing in the summer league. I know he still has a lot to work on in terms of being a, a facilitator, but I mean, from some of the G league games I watched last year, even when he won the rookie of the year in the G league, uh, he has, he's shown flashes of great potential can shoot the ball, can get to the rack. Uh, as I said, facilitating is going to be one of the things he's going to work on. He did have a lot of turnovers, and was missing easy passes to the center, but uh, playing behind, learning behind Steph and Jordan Poole. I mean, he may get a roster spot, but he may spend some time in the G League again. 
but even then he's still going to be able to learn from arguably the greatest not, not well the greatest shooter of all time and then one of the best young players in the league in Jordan Poole so uh what's your thoughts on both of these deals yeah I mean you said it best I love Jermichael Green signing as a replacement for Otto Porter I think the Warriors did a pretty solid job replacing the guys that they lost like he guys like um they replaced gp with dante divincenzo who i don't think um is as good on the defensive side but brings a little make kind of makes up for it i would say on the offense uh on the offensive side of the ball and jamichael green um he can still shoot the ball a little bit i think uh he'll fit into the system really well in golden state and mac mcclung uh, you said it too. I'll probably play some time in the G uh, for a while, but it's just hard for me to see him crack a rotation as love as much as I would love for him to crack the rotation. I think the Warriors are just too deep of a team to see him play pretty consistent minutes in the league. But excited to see maybe he'll have a couple highlights there. That'll be that'll be cool to watch. So. Yeah, I need to see some dunks like in high school. You remember yeah, those sure. days? For sure. For sure. <laughs> Moving on to the Miami Heat, they resigned Caleb Martin to a three-year, $20 million. I think it's 20. I think it was either 20 or 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those 20, either one, 20 million, 20 plus million dollar deal. That was July 6th. Um, my thoughts on this. Uh, after the Miami Heat thought about the KD trade, they've decided to just stick with the roster they've had. Obviously, they lost PJ Tucker. But uh, Caleb Martin probably will he will receive more minutes now that PJ Tucker is gone, and uh, they still have Markeith Morris who missed most of the season due to the Jokic incident. Uh, but I think Caleb Martin brings more on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball than Markeith Morris, so I think his minutes will significantly increase. Uh, he can spread the floor, shoot the three at a better than average uh, clip. He, as I said, plays great defense, and I think with the Miami Heat running it base, back basically with the same team, they should be able to, I want to say contend depending on what happens with the Brooklyn situation, but they'll be a top five seed in the East for sure. Yeah, I, li- I like the Caleb Martin signing. I think the Miami Heat um, made a good move on signing him to this contract. I uh I think he was a, a sleeper success story in their organization. I mean, Miami and Heat culture are known to bringing guys that fit. And I think Caleb Barton uh, is exactly that. And I think he plays his role and knows his role very well for that team. Uh, the Miami Heat games I watched last season, I will say that um, other than Bam, uh, Caleb Barton was probably one of my favorite players to watch uh, on that squad throughout the entire year in the playoffs. So um, I like the contract. I like, what the moves that the Miami Heat did. Uh, I do think maybe they could have gone a little better through free agency, but that's for another episode. But uh, a fan of the Caleb Martin signing. Definitely, definitely. They're going to, as I said, they're going to be a top five seed in the East. If Jimmy Butler can stay healthy, at least through this regular season, we know what he does in the postseason. But if he can stay healthy through the regular season, they will for sure be a, a top five seed looking for improvement from Bam and at least Tyler Hero if he can stay solid since he wants a max rookie extension. Um, 
I think he's got to improve at least on the a little bit on the defensive end. But if he can show that he can still add 20 points a game as being a starter, uh, he's they're going to be a force to be in the East. Um, moving on to the Milwaukee Bucks, not really much significantly since the last pod. They just resigned Sergi Baca to a one year deal. I mean, I don't know if you want to really touch on that just because Serge isn't really a guy that gets a lot of minutes. I think he's just there for the um, experience, championship experience, but he's not a guy that gets a lot of minutes considering the fact that they uh, play Bobby Portis at the five sometimes. I mean, I I think Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, and Serge Ibaka are more or less all in the same mold of center. So, I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks bring him back. Yeah, I guess since that, we can move on to Minnesota. They signed guard Austin Rivers to a one-year deal. That was July 21st. And then yesterday on July 28th, as we're recording this on July 29th, they signed Eric Pascal to a two-way deal. Uh, My thoughts, I mean, Eric Pascal, ever since he left the Warriors or left or got traded, one of the two, I can't actually remember. I feel like he was traded. But Ever since he's left the Warriors, he's just been playing either in the G League or playing on somewhat bad, not bad rosters, but he hasn't been the same player that he was on the Warriors when they when he got drafted there. And so uh, him on a two way deal, nothing really much to be said, because I really don't think he's going to get a lot of minutes on the Minnesota Timberwolves, considering the depth they have and the improvements and progressions they need to make with Jaden McDaniels and um, Torian Prince still being there. But uh, Austin Rivers signing there uh, is pretty interesting. He was with Denver last year, played really solid in the um, minutes that he got out after, well, since Jamal Murray was out because he was playing behind Monte Morris. And I think Minnesota, I think they're going to keep D'Lo. It doesn't seem like they're trying to trade him. Even though there was the rumors that Kyrie, they were going to try and trade for Kyrie. And then there was the rumor that they were going to possibly trade. Well, the rumors that they were going to trade KD for KD and send Anthony Edwards and Cat, which was, in my opinion, really stupid. But uh, Austin Rivers is just going to be a great backup guard to D'Lo do everything oh well maybe uh actually because i forget they have jordan mclaughlin so that's going to be an interesting thing to see but maybe they run the two they run the two guard lineup off the bench with jordan mclaughlin and austin rivers but austin rivers has been a in the league a while a long time he can he know we know what he can do offensively and defensively so i mean i think it's just a great one-year pickup for minnesota yeah, I consider Austin Rivers, well, now I consider Austin Rivers more of a Swiss Army type of player just because, um, you know, him coming out of Duke as a guard, but the teams he's played for, Clippers aside, I'm more so thinking of the Rockets um, and the Nuggets that both the Ross, both of those rosters were pretty guard heavy, especially in the rotation. And Austin Rivers kind of slotted out of the ball handler role for those teams. So I think his versatility is going to be good for for Minnesota, um, especially in the playoffs, I, I, he, and it kind of strikes me as maybe we'll split time with Jordan Laughlin, um, in the regular season, but Austin Rovers will probably win that battle, uh, come playoff time, just off of experience and versatility. And yeah, Eric Pascal, two-way deal. I doubt he'll play. 
Yep. We can move on to the Oklahoma City Thunder, which I, I love this deal. They signed Kenrich, re-signed Kenrich Williams to a four-year, $27.2 million deal on July 19th. And I like this deal pretty much because we know what Kenrich Williams can bring on the defensive side. He's a great rebounder, can play great defense either at the, the four, well, basically all of the front court positions. And uh, I think he's going to improve on the offensive end, but him going from undrafted to getting a four-year, $27 million contract, uh, it's really great to see. Not a lot of undrafted guys get those type of contracts, especially after they've been in the league for a while. So to see him get that deal, especially after he was uh, on the trade block for a good chunk of the season last year, to see him get that deal, is it, it's really special. No, I, I'm I'm with you on that. A shout out to to Kenridge Williams, very deserving of a a, a long term contract for him. I think the that he was on uh tr- like on the trading block and in rumors just speak to how many teams want him and want uh like him and just speaks to um like his role for teams even if it's a bad team in the Thunder and he stars in it. I mean, you said it best. He's great on the defensive side. Um, extra rebounder uh, can spot up, shoot the ball a little bit. I, I mean, those are qualities that, you know, no one talks about, but every team needs and every team wants um, around their star players or whatever. And with OKC having the space, I think giving him the contract um, was very fitting, a good move by the Thunder, just like organizational standpoint that like rewarding their guys that, have been successful for that roster and um you know if he gets moved I'm, I'm a fan if he stays on ic because i think he can help that young roster a lot just doing the dirty work for that team um or if he gets moved to see him go to a contender i would love to see it i think he's a contributor on any team in the nba agreed agreed kenny hustle with a 27 million dollar contract love to see it Moving on to the Philadelphia 76ers, and this one is pretty interesting considering what has ha- what the rumors are. Guard James Harden resigns on a two-year, $68.6 million deal. on July. That was July 20th. It's a one-plus-one, one, meaning he, he has a player option for next year. And honestly, he said he was taking a pay cut way before the deal was even signed. So we knew what was going to happen. But there's a lot of rumblings in the league saying that this deal was negotiated between him and Michael Rubin way before so that he can at least opt out for next year and that there's signs of there were not tampering. And I don't want to say colluding because I can't think of the word, but it's one of those things that NBA executives around the league are sort of questioning the questioning the. I guess you could say positives of the deal for lack of a better phrase, but uh, we know what James Harden brings to the table. And as much as I've been on, as much as I've been on him in terms of negative, I will say that he has been injury prone the last few years. So to see him get a great, like four months of rest and just recuperating his body. Um, if he get turns to the Houston Rockets Harden or at least the early Brooklyn Nets Harden, uh, Philadelphia is definitely a championship team. We know that they signed PJ Tucker and Daniel House to sort of bring the Houston Rockets core back. 
So I think him, if he can stay healthy and show that he's somewhat of Brooklyn and Houston Harden alongside Joel Embiid, the Philadelphia 76ers are a championship team. And uh, we know what he's going to bring to the table. Yeah, when this deal broke in the news, I immediately texted George and I was like, I can't believe this man took this much of a pay cut. James Harden has been one of the highest paid players for so long and he's about his his money. Like there's so many things that um that are in the news with James Harden that's not basketball since like 2017. Um so it was kind of shocking, even though he said he was gonna take a pick. Uh this I was thinking high 30s, 40s, but to take like a, a two-year 32 or 34, give or take. Um, a year is is pretty crazy for James Harden. I, I think it speaks to him wanting to win and him trusting the process and trusting Daryl Morey. I, I think he said like, so Daryl Morey just fix the roster, like do what you got to do. It's this guy from Houston, um, like help me win a championship and I'll, I'll I'll take a pay cut if if that means that. Um, and I think that he kind of. I don't want to say that like he has something to prove or or anything like that by this trade because I think that he kind of made that sacrifice already that like it's gonna like I, I want to win like it's not something I have to prove anymore and I think um that he he really Joel Embiid which is pretty like I don't know it's kind of interesting uh, of of all the two stars in the NBA that would like kind of team up and, and want to play together it's those two like for all the the hate that they get on social media like just kind of ironic to me that it's those two um like forming one of the the best duels in the league I don't know that's just me yeah uh I think I think Harden if he I don't want to say you said like he doesn't need to prove himself which I do agree with you on but uh I remember when the the news broke out on Bleacher Report, he was literally like, I just want to win. Like the contracts, while they they mean they still mean a lot to me. If we can just win this one championship, it'll be perfectly fine. And then I can uh I can stay and basically get my money to finish out the rest of my career there. But uh as I say, this is a big year for the 76ers. They retooled. I mean, they still have Tobias Harris, give or take. They were trying to move him. But maybe you, as I told Carlos, when the trade happens, maybe Toby stays till the trade deadline. And if depending on how the season goes, he maybe stays or they try to trade him for a a wing. But moving on to the Phoenix Suns, they signed Bismack Biombo to a one year deal on July 3rd. They also signed Josh Okogie to a one-year deal on July 2nd. Uh, they acquired Jock Landell from Atlanta on July 1st. I might have mentioned – we might have mentioned that uh, the last pod. But the big news is center DeAndre Ayton is staying in Phoenix. They matched the Pacers' offer sheet of four-year, $133 million on July 18th. And honestly, I had been saying this for the longest time that DeAndre Ayton probably would go to the Pacers. Uh, I said it, you could possibly the Pacers could possibly do a tra- uh, sign and trade with Miles Turner. But once the Suns, once the Pacers put the offer sheet out there, the Suns said they had no uh, reason to 
do a sign and trade with with the Pacers to try and get Miles Turner. So basically DeAndre Ayton got his wishes and his got his wishes granted and basically forced the Suns to match the offer sheet so that they didn't lose him for anything. So he's staying a son. Obviously, we know what he's done over the last two seasons, maybe three seasons. Well, basically, ever since Chris Paul's been there, he's a 16, 17 point per game score, 10, 10 to 11 rebound uh, rebounds per game, uh, play solid defense. And uh, if I want to see him improve on a little bit on the offensive end, maybe there was a little bit of tension between him and Monty Williams of not getting touches maybe around the rim but if he can at least show that he can shoot the the mid-range jump shot at a better uh average than he has shown uh I think this deal is not even worth questioning it's going to be great for Phoenix obviously they're in the win now situation now that they have Chris Paul for three years at this point so uh I think this is going to be one of those deals where it could make or break them over the last over the next two to three seasons yeah I think DA had all the the leverage in this situation against the Sun but for the Suns I don't think that there was like another center um in the market for them to trade for and uh I I don't know signings like this like how they had to match it and they had like no intentions of like signing or trading him or anything uh kind of just know why this always brings me back to Aaron Gordon citing it like his extension with the Nuggets at the time um that everyone was like damn that's a big contract for like Aaron Gordon but it's more like a need to keep the team together rather than just a player individually and his value and I think that's what the Suns did that they just had to match to bring him back um and I, I do I mean I want DeAndre in to improve I think there is room for improvement everything you're saying um and, you know, they signed Devin Booker to his extension. DeAndre and now gets his extension. So they're going to be uh, the future of the Suns going forward. So I think um, in the now, probably, of course, when now, while you have Chris Paul before, um, I mean, you before you lose him, before he retires or what have you. Um, but I think in the long term, DeAndre Aiden, uh I think he should prove that he's – worth that contract and that he can be like a top five center in the league. Definitely. Definitely. I do believe that, as I say, as I say, it's a little bit of an overpay, but in today's NBA, everyone's a little bit overpaid, but as you said, he does need to show improvement. As I said, he needs to show a little bit of the mid range jump shot. He sort of had in the beginning of his career in Phoenix and also at Arizona, if he can do that, and at least bump up his points per game to maybe 18 to 20. I think, mm-hmm. uh, I think there's no question this deal is great. Um, moving on to the Portland Trailblazers, we already know they resigned Damian Lillard and gave him a two-year $122 million extension uh, on July 9th. And that total, the total of his contract is now five years, $270 million. Uh, as much as People want to say Dame should leave. Dame should leave. As I said, with the Bradley Bill situation, he's I think he's just comfortable living in Portland. The city loves him. He loves the city. He's built a family there. Uh, 
I think it's just comes down to as much as he preaches loyalty. I think he's just comfortable with living in Portland and finishing out his career. He wants to be like Giannis winning a small market and sort of be the guy that said, I didn't have to leave in order to win a championship. I didn't have to join a super team to win a championship. And I'm rooting for him as much as I used to say he should leave. over the time, over time, I'm like, he's built a family there. So there's no point in really moving and and basically leaving your family. I mean, there are players where if they are traded, they will they their family will stay in the city that they lived in and then they'll move to the other city. But I mean, not everyone is built like that. So I think the Dame staying in Portland is just him to finish out his career and hopefully be able to contend maybe in the future. I mean, as we know, the West is already loaded. So, I mean, I'm hoping it works out for the best. I mean, when I saw this, this, uh, this contract, I was like, that is so crazy. Damian Lillard, like it got this contract. It's, I don't know. It's a lot of money uh, for Damian Lillard. I mean, I know Damian Lillard is like a generation player, but it's just a lot of money. And like George said, everyone is over, quote unquote, overpaid now in the NBA. But um, yeah, it, it seems like Dame is is there to stay. He's a trailblazer for life, um, probably. And I think it's a good move, uh, puts a good look on the organization. And for Damian Lillard, I, there's there's been so much said about him if he wants out of Portland and there's a lot of like fake reports that Dame has caught on himself. And um, I don't know, just through it all, I commend Daniel for, for staying in Portland and, and being loyal to that organization for everything that's happened. I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but he did have that one Instagram post or Instagram story post where it was like loyalty has an expiration date. So, yeah. <laughs> so maybe that day comes, but for right now, I think he just wants to enjoy his time in Portland. Maybe, as I said, that day possibly will come where he asks for the trade and everyone will be happy, but uh, he's just built a family there and wants to stay there for the, for the remaining years. Yeah. Moving on to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, as of today, July 29th, they signed guard Matthew Delavadova to a one-year deal as he makes his return to the NBA. I mean, nothing much needs to be said. I mean, the Kings, they are trying to make the playoffs with the roster they have now. All right, well, at least make the play, and I don't think playoffs is in their realm yet. But if they can make the play in, and Matthew Delavadova is going to be a great contributor off the bench, he's going to play behind De'Aaron Fox most likely. Uh, we already know what he brought to in Cleveland when he was in the league, was great in the 2015 finals when Kyrie was out, was a, was a huge contributor to why they won in 2016. I mean, obviously it wasn't the biggest, but he at least contributed defensively and offensively. And I think he's the perfect backup point guard that is cheap relatively to back up De'Aaron Fox and hopefully get the Kings to the play in. I mean, they have the talent. We saw what Keegan Murray did in the summer league. So now it's just about putting it together and hopefully making the play in because that's the first step for them. Delhi making his return. I mean, good for Delhi. He's a fan favorite for all NBA fans. Um, but for the Kings, it was good. It was just I don't know. It's a I don't want to say confusing. It's like a 
really push them over the edge or anything like that um, or anything. Uh, but like you were saying, back a point guard, I question if he gets minutes because I I think there's a pretty definitive like, 10, 10 man rotation there. Um, Fox, you have like Fox, Malik Monk, Kevin Herter, um, Terrence Davis, uh, Davion Mitchell, um, who we haven't spoke on yet. So I think their guard rotation is is pretty set in that in that sense. Um, and everything, but I mean, if he provides any type of leadership uh, for that team, I think that's great. I mean, he's NBA champion. You can't deny it. Um, he's been in locker rooms at the highest level and been in those moments. Uh, go to YouTube if you don't know what we're talking about, but I'm sure everyone, everyone does know the greatness that is Matthew Dovadova. But uh, yeah, ho- hopefully he does make it to the NBA. It'll be cool to see him again. I honestly forgot about Davion Mitchell, and I'm sorry <laughs> if he watches this. I honestly forgot that he, they got rid of Tyrese Halliburton. So at this point, I'm like thinking they're probably getting rid of someone else now. Yeah, knowing I, that, I, knowing I, I that franchise, I can't forget about him. I don't forget the 2021 NCAA before. So <laughs> yeah, I remember. Uh, <laughs> Gonzaga, we uh, we should know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. Um. Moving on to the San Antonio Spurs, obviously they basically traded DeJounte Murray. We did, we said, we talked about that on the last podcast, but on July 5th, they claimed Isaiah Roby off of waivers after he was waived by OKC. Uh, nothing much really needs to be said about this deal. I think uh, he's just going to sort of be part of the rebuild that they're going to. Roby was really good in, um, in OKC. Uh, but they are kind of log jammed in the guard and front court spots. And I think they're trying to give Darius Baisley the opportunity to sort of thrive. So the Spurs claiming Isaiah Roby off waivers is just to somewhat be a part of the rebuild, see where he's at and possibly uh, be a part of the future. Hopefully the Spurs possibly can get the number one overall picked or presumed number one overall pick so they can draft Victor Wimbanyama. But I think he's just uh, a great piece for the rebuild potentially. Agreed. I think that this is like a like high risk, not high risk, low risk, high reward type of uh, signing for them that if he ends up being a long-term piece and has success, um, great for them. Great for Isaiah Roby. You fit some, you got someone that fits the timeline um, and I mean, he kind of seems like a Spursy player, like can kind of do it all um, type of guys. Um, but if not, then I mean, yeah, you're going to be in the running for the number one pick for a generational talent. Um, that is that, that guy from France. So uh, <laughs> me and George have been talking about, about this one for a while, but we can, we can go past, past the, the Spurs here. Yep. Moving on to the Toronto Raptors, they signed Juancho Hernan Gomez to a one-year deal on July 26th. Uh, obviously, we know him as Bo Cruz now because of the movie Hustle. Uh, I think this deal is just to possibly add some more depth to the front court. We know he can space the floor. Maybe maybe some Bo's, Bo Cruz tendencies come out in, in the six, but nothing more, nothing less. This is just to add to the front court. I expect him to 
absolutely dog Anthony Edwards when they match up against the Minnesota Timberwolves for the disrespect that he showed him at the combine. <laughs> yeah, that, that was wild. I'm not going to lie. Maybe we could talk about hustle for a little bit, but that was wild. That, that, what, he, what Anthony Edwards was saying was disrespectful. And uh, just to, I know this is getting off topic, but uh, he literally, ju- Anthony Edwards just recorded a video with one of the YouTubers. I watched TD Barrett. So uh, it, they were playing, they're playing Madden. So as soon as I finish this recording, probably on my walk to get a haircut, I might watch that video. But uh, I know Anthony Edwards' trash talk was is, is crazy in that video. But uh, hopefully Juancho Hernan Gomez, he, he plays well. I mean, we all love him for for being Bo Cruz, but I hope he ends up playing well in Toronto. Moving on to the Washington Wizards, they signed forward Todd Gibson to a one year minimum deal on July 10th. Uh, I mean, nothing more needs to be said. He's just a deaf piece so that for Washington. Uh, I don't think he's going, he might get some minutes, but for the most part, he's just there to fill the roster. Um, I think he's going to be a great leader, uh, veteran leadership. And um, I think that he's going to, if he does get minutes, he's going to be great. He's a good rebounder and he brings hustle, which is what most teams need. So I think it's going to be a, I think he'll just bring some leadership to the Wizards as this is a very important year for them. They have to make the playoffs. Um, obviously, last year, Bradley Bill went out after Missy, after he played the first 25 games. But I do think this is a very important year for the Wizards because that Bradley Bill contract every year is going to be telling. As I said, if him and Porzingis can stay healthy, they've got a shot to be at least a second round team a second round playoff team but they got to be healthy and this is very important years for them no I, I agree with everything you said I think Todd Gibson uh, brought him in for a veteran leader I think that that roster is loaded at every position um so yeah point I think this is a very important year for them I think that this um might be the best roster that Brad Beal has played with in the past like two or three seasons um, that if everyone stays healthy, that they can definitely make some noise come playoff time in the East. Definitely. I mean, that's all the the latest free agency news for our latest free agents to sign with teams since the last podcast. Uh, I mean, notable remaining free agents. We have Miles Bridges, but we all know that situation and what's going on with that. We have Colin Sexton, who I think is probably going to stay in Cleveland. Uh, we have Carmelo. Anthony, who I think he possibly resigns with the the Lakers, but uh, maybe maybe a return to Denver isn't out of the question. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, who tried to ask LeBron to take him back, but we I don't think that's going to happen. And uh, I don't know where any like playoff contender markets he's going to be able to find. Demarcus Cousins. Uh, as me and Carlos said on the last pod, I wouldn't mind a, a return to the Clippers, possibly play with with John Wall again. Blake Griffin, as we said in the last pod, uh, wouldn't mind a return to the Clippers, but I think he's just past where he was physically. I mean, there are, he shows glimpses of of being somewhat good, but I think he's just like a a leadership piece at this point. Montrez Harrell. 
uh we all know the the marijuana thing so like him being in trouble with the law uh again i don't know where i think the the market for him possibly is denver considering they need a backup big but he's in trouble with the law so we'll figure out where that goes uh ben mclemore haven't heard much about him in terms of where he could possibly sign and then lamarcus aldridge is still a free agent at 36 he showed glimpses after he returned to the brooklyn nets but maybe brooklyn brings him back but i think uh i don't see a market for him yeah i'm with everything george said but i all i have to say is i've probably seen each of these guys aside miles bridges aside in either photoshopped in either a heat jersey or a laker jersey I'm and not, i doubt that any of them go to either of those teams so i'll agree i'll agree with you on that I, I i've turned my twitter notifications off simply do just because of work but like every time I go on there, it's literally a Photoshop Laker jersey or a Photoshop Heat jersey. I think I think there's a few other teams, but for the most part, it's those two teams. And it's like they're not going. The Heat have some have some cap space, but the Lakers literally have one year. They have one year deals. And depending on how much money these players ask for, like it, they're not going to do much. Yeah, but that's the free agency talk. I mean, at that point, we can start getting into what's happened recently in the news. And as I, I don't know, I know we didn't talk about this before we started uh, recording, but I want to get your thoughts on the, the Zion. I don't know if you've heard about it, the Zion deal. Uh, as If you pay attention to football, for anyone who's listening, the Kyler Murray contract, they stated that he had to do film study for at least four hours like he was a, like he was a kid. And <laughs> as much as I find that disrespectful, uh, the, it, I, both sides are at fault. But relating that to the Zion News, they, his deal now has a weight clause that shows that he – that guarantee he loses money if he's if his weight and body fat and percentage is not below 295 so i feel like that is an interesting uh bit to hear because as we all know the kyler murray contract rattled some feathers uh but i think zion has something to prove to because he's been unhealthy the last few seasons he's going to keep he's going to do whatever it takes to keep that money so i want to get your thoughts on that yeah i mean i think he's the pelicans are trying to hold him accountable for all the time he's missed that i'm, I'm gonna give you this contract you have to hold up your end of the bargain um, you know, we talked about this on the pod, like player empowerment and having leverages over teams. And uh, I think NBA contracts, you hear reports all the time that they have they always have some like weird clauses to contracts that obviously the public doesn't know about and weird money incentives that are sometimes off the off the wall. But um, I mean, yeah, I think it's just holding Zion accountable. I've, I mean, we've all seen the pictures um there's no denying that he's probably put on some weight there's a lot of fluctuations happening and i'm gone and all that um but i think they're yeah keeping zion accountable and i think if that man is injured and healthy i don't think they're stopping him i don't think anyone in the league is is messing with zion when if if he's healthy i 
I do think he, I mean, what, he played one season and he was an all-star putting up pretty crazy numbers in his rookie, his Ben Simmons rookie year. I'll call it that, his Ben Simmons rookie year. So I think that the Pelicans is unaccountable because they know that they can contend once he's healthy and under that weight. We'll, we'll put it that way. <laughs> 27, what was it? 27, 6? No, 27, 7, and I think 5, like... On like 60% shooting? Yeah, like, I mean, he they, he does that on on this current Pelicans team, and they're literally a top five, top four seed at best. Um, with that. And literally play their championship contenders with that team. You're going to get the improvement from Herb Jones and the rest of the young guys. But, I mean, Zion comes back, instantly puts them at contenders if he's healthy and, and meets that weight requirement. Uh, we can move on to some news that happened today. Uh, apparently, the Lakers – well, I shouldn't say the Lakers, but LeBron – has said, well, it is rumored by Mark Stein that LeBron would only leave the Lakers in 2024 to play with Bronny. So, I mean, that's been a rumor for, what, the last year and a half that if the the Lakers, that if LeBron were to leave, he wants to play with his son, which, I mean, would be very telling for the league. It would be the first, I think, would it be the first father-son? Yeah, it would be. First father-son teammates as teammates uh, in league history so it would be very it would be a very special situation for that to happen but I mean we're only going to talk about this because it's Braun but this makes this year for the Lakers very important uh, obviously we've heard the rumblings about Westbrook being traded and uh, I mean we can get into that in another time because I have my thoughts on that entire thing but uh, this make this year is very telling for the Lakers, and as I've said, outside of LeBron, Russ, and AD, this roster is still pretty bad. I don't care how much you try to gas it, um, this roster is still pretty bad. You're gonna you're gonna need to get Lonnie Walker at least 16 points per game. At least you're gonna need him to become a 16 point per game score to even have a chance. But this roster is still pretty bad. But your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. If I was LeBron, I'd do it. Are you kidding me? Put it your son, be the first to make history. And you've always, you know, as I assume, I'm a father, but I assume as a father, like you want your son to, you know, reach his dreams, his goals. And I'm sure Bronny's dream is to play in the NBA. Literally, they share the same name. So it's, it's like, it's, why, why, why would LeBron do it? Like, I don't know. The Lakers knew that it was coming even before he got traded, just the fact that he was getting up there in age. I think it, rumors of that are like the question, people started asking that question once they missed the playoffs, like his first year in LA, like, oh, and this was like when Bronny like started high school, I think, or started getting attention in the media and all that stuff. And, you know, you saw it coming. The Lakers, I honestly think that dismantling that roster, like once that time comes, I think is probably the best idea for them to do because I don't know if there's any uh, any type of retool that can bring you back to the promised land. Yeah, uh, if I'm look if I'm looking down and not somewhat not paying attention, I'm just looking at my phone for latest NBA news. 
but uh i mean i kind of real i know what's gone on during the week but i'm just trying to get facts straight and all of that but uh we can move on to some some interesting news from the defending champs draymond has officially said that he wants a max contract extension and uh everyone made memes about it let's just say on Twitter and social media, there were memes saying, how does he get a, a max contract if he's basically doing role player jobs? And as much as I, as much as I, I don't want to say despise, but Draymond brings, let me, let me phrase it this way. Draymond brings so a lot to the, the, what the Warriors do offensively and defensively. Now, a max contract may be a little bit too much considering that they are financially like capped and they like Joe Lacob literally just got fined 500k for talking about the, the salary cap rules. But uh, Draymond at 30, I think he's 32, he's got to realize that age is somewhat catching up to him now. Obviously, it somewhat showed in the in the the finals before he kind of found his groove again. But I think he's got to to show that he can at least spread the floor a little bit because teams are going to. I think teams now are going to play to play. They're going to play Steph and the rest of the 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 team very very closely. And I don't think that if he's going to be a non-factor offensively, they teams might play him such as Ben Simmons. Now we know. He can shoot the ball, and he, as soon as he makes one, everyone says, oh, if Draymond Green shooting three, making threes, the game is over. But I think he's got to do that at somewhat more of a – he's got to be a little bit of a, a better threat than making one three a game, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, I, I do think that his value is outside of shooting and scoring, I think. He's just as much of a threat as a handoff screener to Steph and Clay and Jordan Poole and whoever it is, as much as he is a three-point shooter. And he knows that. And again, he's starring in his role. That's why I think that, you know, obviously I think that the Warriors, I don't even think they can offer him a max contract type of thing. They're already extremely over the luxury tax and all, all the money in the world. But I think like from an organizational standpoint and who Draymond is in the Bay Area, that he is very deserving of a max contract. Just everything he's done for that organization, just not even like on court stuff, just being a leader and and developing young guys and just being Draymond as much as I don't like him. Um, he's extremely valuable for that organization. But I mean, yeah, you would love to hit a couple threes and everything, but I, I don't know. Every time I think of Draymond Green on offense, it it, it reminds me of that uh, the Kyle Kuzma tweet. Yeah, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, where Draymond Green is like top something. He he passed someone or became number one in like all time assists in the finals. And Kyle Kuzma tweeted like, "If I played with Steph and Clay, I'd be number one in assists too." And all I had to do was like hand off the ball instead of screen, I'd be number one in assists too. Um, but yeah, it's just jokes on Draymond. But I can't deny as, as a basketball fan how much he is to a winning team, how much he means to a winning team. Yeah, I mean, he takes care of all the little things that Steph and Clay, well, Clay now that uh, now that he's coming back from his two injury, two season ending injuries, he takes care of all the stuff like they so they can focus somewhat more on the offensive end than the defensive end. 
And as I say, he's pretty much the defensive anchor on that team. He's the the leader of the defense. And I think they're Steph said like there's there are they are a package deal. Him him, Draymond, and Clay. So I could possibly see uh Steph and Clay somewhat. Well, Clay, I think Clay, I think, is up for a contract extension next year, too. So we'll see what happens. But maybe Steph shaves off a little bit of money so that they can pay it both of them. Yeah, rightfully, though, they should come as a package. Are you kidding me? They are the Golden State Warriors, the them three. Um, so, yeah, they probably do have to take pay cuts. They, Yeah, that's just, like, logistical type things. But, uh, no, just, I don't know, back to the Draymond thing that, uh, like, last thing I said about Draymond, that he's doing role player stuff. But I feel like every champion that has, like, all the past NBA champions, like, shows how important like that role players are just as important as your stars um on teams like that i mean like look at the lakers like it, laker fans would love to have alex cruz back kcp javel dwight because that was they were a championship like lebron and ad of course but like you still have them and look at the role players you have now like that roster is like this man i mean the fact that the warriors were pretty adamant on replacing Gary Payton and Alvin Porter like speaks volumes and said like we couldn't have done it with those guys and Draymond especially speaks to like how important Gary Payton was to that team. Gary, can you tell me what Gary Payton averaged? I assume it's nowhere near ten points a game. And say six. And the defending champs like want him back on the team. Kavon Looney of all people gets a contract and is loved in the Bay for setting screens and grabbing rebounds like it's they're just as important to to winning basketball as your stars Mm -hmm. and and the thing is Draymond doesn't need to be Draymond doesn't need to be the the 18 point per game score similar to how Bosch was in Miami with D Wade and Braun he just needs to be the the 10 point per game score the 10 or at least eight rebound per eight rebound per game and and six assists per game person a teammate to to complement your two stars and then maybe your third star with Jordan Poole. So, I mean, role player all-star that good point. I've uh, Andrew Wiggins has been in, uh, in some trade rumors. So, but I don't think he's going to be traded, but that too, Andrew Wiggins, like those only, four, only in the month of February. <laughs> oh, those four, those four plays, those four all-star or caliber players. He Draymond just needs to compliment those four and do, that thing, the little things that to take the the load off of them and make their jobs easier. So I mean, I don't think he's a a max contract player, but is he? Should he get paid close to it? Yes. Like I, I'm gonna just leave it at that. Moving on, I mean, these two topics are probably gonna be the last two topics of this podcast for the episode. Uh, first, we can start with the Kyrie Irving news. Kyrie is not going to be. Kyrie, from the looks of it, it's not going to be traded. He's, the Lakers have backed away from the Kyrie new, uh, trade. But the Brooklyn Nets said that they want Kyrie to show a little bit of, of change if they're going to – if he's going to be back on the team. Now, he said that he's going to be a Brooklyn Net regardless of if KD is there or not. But they said he's going to have to show that he's a changed man, which I I I – as a as a player empowerment person, it makes sense. 
or as a as a from a team standpoint, let me say it, that makes sense from a player empowerment statement uh, point of view. Kyrie does need to show that he's team first and not himself first, because, I mean, we all have our personal beliefs and all of that. But the Nets are the Nets are a championship team with the roster they've put around KD and Kyrie. And I think, as I've said, as we said in the last pod, KD is not going to get traded just simply because of the value it would take for him to get traded. But KD is looking probably back at this Brooklyn Nets roster and saying if Kyrie is really down for the cause and can play 82 games and not be on BS, um, I think that this Brooklyn Nets team is a championship team, but the Nets know that they need to see a commitment from Kyrie first before, uh, well, see and hear and see the commitment from Kyrie first before they can move forward with this team. No, I mean, you said it best. From a team standpoint, I'd be um, in the same exact like mindset as their front office that like, we've met all of your needs now you need to show up for us and i don't know it just sucks i went on like this rabbit hole i'm gonna go on a little tangent real quick i went down like this whole rabbit hole of just like um i don't know how how we got here how my head got here but i i went on a rabbit hole of players that i did not appreciate when i was younger because i was too young and one of those players was Pau Gasol. that side like that push that away i started watching old Kyrie highlights like in cleveland and everything then i was like you know Kyrie irving is one of the most exciting players to watch and he's like such a good player three-point guard when healthy and playing and everything's right i think in my opinion um but it just sucks that like he has like so many conditions and there's many things outside of basketball that prevent him from i feel like even wanting to play basketball like the Brit, like he he got his way out of Cleveland, got his way out of Boston, and now this whole thing happens in Brooklyn. Every team thus far, correct me if I'm wrong, have met everything he's he's asked for. Yes, they they wanted in Brooklyn especially wanted DJ and whatever his friends got him, got Katie, got his whatever, got James Harden, and wanted to play with James Harden, but that that's a different story. James Harden left, but it's like. They've doing everything for him. So if I was the Brooklyn Nets, absolutely, I'd I'd put a condition on it that like I need you need to show me you're committed to playing here before you ask for anything else. Agreed, man. Agreed. Like I I love Kyrie the player, love Kyrie the person, but I'm gonna keep it a, a hundred. Like there's some things that uh that I disagree with him on. Like obviously we all know the mandate. Uh, I mean with personal beliefs, you. It's, I'm a person that believes that you should get it, but I mean, there's other people that don't and I I'm okay with that belief. Like I'm not going to judge you on it. You have your own personal beliefs and I have mine, just like we have our, we all have to form our own opinions on certain things. And, uh, but there's just, sometimes there's things that you, the team or a company or anything they ask you to do. And it's just simply because like of your reputation and history, as you said, Kyrie's gotten his way out of Cleveland. He's gotten his way out of Boston while they've met everything that he they've done for him. So now at this point, it's now time for him to show up for, for, for Brooklyn. And hopefully, as I said, I hope Katie stays because we need to see Katie and Kyrie on the court more. Uh, 
and I'm hoping KD can stay healthy because those little injuries that he has turn into months-long injuries, and that was sort of the demise with Brooklyn last year. But if they can stay healthy, no doubt they are a championship team. Maybe I wouldn't say the favorites similar because of uh, Boston and because of Boston and Milwaukee. I mean, you can add the Miami Heat in there if you want, but uh, no, there's no doubt that those they are a championship contending team with KD, Kyrie and the roster that is set around them. But it's time for Kyrie to show that he's committed to this team, KD as well. And we'll get into that in a, in a few moments, but they it's time for both of them to show that they are committed to Brooklyn because they Brooklyn has done Brooklyn and Sean Marks in general has done everything that they've at that they've asked for, as you said, DJ James Harden, uh, the all the trades and all that to get the teams they've wanted. Now it's time for them to show up. But with that being said, we can move on to the recent news that came out where Boston was trying to Boston was willing to trade Jalen Brown, uh, Derek White, and I think it was a few draft picks for Kevin Durant. Obviously, the Nets said no. Uh, I think the trade offer is still on the table, but they've now asked for Marcus Smart. So now it looks like the trade possibly can be um, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Derek White, and maybe three first-round picks, if I'm not mistaken, for Kevin Durant. Uh, Obviously, Boston is saying no because you don't want to lose Marcus Smart. And from what I've heard – and listening to other podcasts through the wire and a few other podcast basketball podcasts there it's back and forth on people saying they should do the deal. And then there's people on there's Boston Celtics fans saying we should do the deal because it's Kevin Durant. And then there's Boston Celtics fans saying we shouldn't do the deal because Jalen Brown is 25 and he's shown improvement every year. They've made the conference finals three years of his what is it, five going on six years in the league. Uh, He's shown improvement every year, arguably was the best player in the finals on on, for Boston. Uh, Obviously, Jason Tatum, he has more of the load to carry, but Jalen Brown stepped up in those. He stepped up and played pretty, I'd say, better than better than Jason Tatum did. But I mean, there were moments where he would score like eight, like he would get to a hot streak and then just wouldn't do anything else for the rest of the game. So, I mean, there's obviously improvement to be made, but it begs the question, like Jalen Brown tweeted once the rumors came out from Shams, he said SMH, which we all know what that means, but it begs the question, should Jalen Brown show loyalty to the show loyalty to the Boston Celtics? Or should he somewhat realize it's a little bit of a business and maybe forget where he's playing and who he's playing for? I mean, I think it, it is a business. Like, there's nothing nothing that can top it. Like, the NBA is always going to be a business, and I feel like players are always going to be in trade rumors and everything. And I feel like from Jalen Brown, I think it's right for him to be mad or show that type of emotion, like with that tweet, because it's like we just went, we made a run to the finals. Like what? Like I, I'd be kind of pissed off too, but maybe also understand that it's Kevin Durant that they're going after. But I don't know. I, I can get into my whole argument 
because let me just say this now before I get into this argument that I, if I'm the Boston Celtics, I would say no. I would not trade for Kevin Durant. But before I get into this, I, I just it just came into my mind. Do you think it would have been easier for Kevin Durant to be traded had Rudy Gobert not been traded first? Because I think that people are hung up that Gobert got the Jazz six first-round picks. So what's Kevin Durant's value? Yeah, he if if this well this is uh, from the rumors by Shams this trade request or the trade between Boston and and Brooklyn was somewhat talked about in summer league between Sean Marks and I'm guessing Brad Stevens uh, at summer league. So these trade the the trade rumors have been literally going on for since for the last month. And as as you said, would I do the trade? Absolutely not. I think Marcus Smart as much as much headache and stuff that he does on the court in terms of flopping and being a nuisance at times. As much as he does that, I'm not trading him because he is the the core leader of that franchise i mean yes jason tatum is the star player but that would mean if marcus smart goes you would need jason tatum to sort of step into that leadership role and as much as he should i don't think he's that guy to do that and al horford obviously is getting older so it's one of those things where marcus smart is more valuable to the team than jason tatum is but it's going to be one of those things where uh, as you said, the go bear trade, if it doesn't happen, KD's probably is maybe already traded by now. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I completely agree too, because I think even before this six first round picks is probably Kevin Durant level esque type of trade, but the fact that it turned out to be Rudy Gobert makes it a lot harder for everyone else that the Nets are like, okay, I want more because of this happened. But we're now back to the whole Jalen Brown thing. Are we gonna both agree that the Boston Celtics should not? make this trade no or yeah yeah we both agree oh here's here's my argument although we both agree let me i have i have points i thought about this i understand kevin durant a generational player and that every teams are always in the mindset make the this like if if even if it's for one champion the move is worth it right the move is worth it but i think for jalen brown like you said he's young and the fact that I think the Celtics made it to the finals and they're running it back with the same squad. And arguably, in my opinion, of all the teams in the East, the Celtics one team contender-wise, because you know that how top bottom heavy that the East is, there's no middle ground, that they are the only ones of the contenders that got better with Malcolm Brogdon, mm-hmm. especially Agreed. keeping their entire team. And even without the upgrade that is Malcolm Brogdon and the run that they got in the playoffs, they beat out. I think they had the toughest playoff run in recent history, even though they didn't win. They matched up against arguably the top three contenders in the East. They beat Brooklyn in the first round, Milwaukee in the second, Miami in the third, to face Warriors in the finals. And if you're telling me that that core group of guys put up a fight, won the East, and put up a fight against the Warriors. I mean, Steph Curry's on a different planet during the finals, but they've proven that they can win. That's that's your top three in the East. Miami, always top of the East. Uh, Milwaukee's in there. Brooklyn is always going to be a contender as long as the two guys we talked about before. There's Philly, and there's, and there's Boston, and Boston has proven that they can beat them 
with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and the core group of guys they had. And I don't think the East got dramatically better. I, I would I, I think that the Malcolm Brogdon trade is better than PJ Tucker signing in Milwaukee didn't really make moves. I mean, who knows what Brooklyn's gonna do? Miami didn't really make moves. Like I think that the Boston Celtics, they got better and they're running it back, which what more can you ask for from a championship team that just made a run to the finals? All you ask for is to run it back and get better, which I do think that they will this season. That's why I don't think they should make that KD trade because you're good that they're gonna ask for everything you got. And everything you got is the reason you made it to the finals. So that's my whole my whole spiel on Jalen Brown. I agree with you. Um, I would say that yes, they did have the hardest road, but we do have to remember that Milwaukee didn't have um Chris Middleton in that second round. Uh, I think the games would have been a little bit different had they had him. But uh, I mean, Giannis was still Giannis in that series, and Drew Holiday needed to play better. The role players needed to step up. So that's not taking anything away from what Boston did in the the second round and throughout the playoffs. They did have the hardest road to get to the finals, especially facing the Warriors in the finals in the NBA Finals. I do think if they played any other team besides the Warriors, they probably would be NBA champions. But because they had to play the the, the revamped Golden State Warriors who were hungry and were basically from the start of the season and said they were going to be champions. They wanted the, the title more than anyone else. So as you said, do we we both agree that the, the Celtics do not do this deal because you're giving up way too much considering the youth that you have with Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart, I think, is like 28 or 29. And Derek White, I want to say, is in the same boat as Marcus Smart in between that age bracket. Uh, You're giving up a lot to get a player that's 34 and possibly if he if he doesn't retire after his current contract, possibly could leave again if if the, the Boston Celtics don't win a championship. And to be honest, as we both agreed, the trade sort of makes them worse because they're giving up so much depth. Plus, Kevin Durant is such a question mark, the fact that he doesn't want to play in Brooklyn anymore. Like, you make the trade, then you don't win a championship. Then, what, he's gone? You lost Jalen Brown. You lost all, all your assets, all your draft picks, the young guys that you can extend and that are soft pieces for your organization. I don't know. I just – I don't like the – I don't like the trade. Yeah. Uh. Well, Uh. was that our final takes on the Jalen Brown, J- uh, KD trade? Yeah, I mean – I can argue more my point, but you you know how I weirdly I feel very strongly about Jim Brown in the current moment. Don't know why. On a Friday, I just feel it. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's all we got. I mean, I think he's going to improve over the course of the year. Maybe he won't be a uh, a number one option type player, but he's one of the best number twos in the league. Obviously, the comparisons of PG and Jalen Brown always run rampant, but uh, most guys, they before they are number before they are number twos, they're most likely number ones. Uh, as I said, PG D Wade took a back seat and became a number two after he was the number one guy. And so, I mean, Jay Britton Brown being 25 and being one of the best number twos in the league and one of the best shooting guards in general in the league. Uh, 
I don't, if you're Boston, you just don't do the trade. In my opinion, you're giving up way too much for a guy who possibly can improve over the next two years. But as, as one, as the Bleacher Report said, when the trade first broke out, when the trade rumor first broke out, Jalen Brown isn't going to forget this. So, I mean, I hope Boston keeps it in their, in their best interest and back pocket that Jalen Brown is always the one being brought up in these trade rumors and not Jason Tatum because he's sort of Boston's future and face of the franchise. But Jalen Brown isn't going to forget all the trade rumors that the Boston Celtics put him in. Yeah, I mean, KD's KD. Like, I don't, we're not trying to discredit KD. I not feel at like all. it's more like a, uh, I don't know, long-term type of piece. I don't know. We have our opinions, but I just think that Jalen Brown, if they match up, any time this year against the Brooklyn Nets, I need a 50 ball, at least a 50 ball on Kevin Durant. Agreed. That'll that'll show that'll show the doubters and the critics and the naysayers that he can become that he's one of the best twos in the league, maybe possibly can become a one. But it'll show that Boston does not need to trade him and they need to stop putting him in these trade rumors. Absolutely. But that'll do it for this episode of the four out one in podcast. I am your host, George Hamilton III. Carlos Costas. And we're signing off. Peace. Later.